Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, I'm Ava DeVoe. Welcome to this podcast of articles from National Geographic Kids Magazine, a presentation of Airs LA. Our first article is from the December 2023 January 2024 edition, with the main text by Allison Shaw and Animal Awards by Kay Boatner. Special Endangered Animals Issue Comeback Critter Number One American Wolves Discover how scientists across the United States are helping these canines expand their territory. A cinnamon colored wolf pads through a swampy corner of eastern North Carolina. As this red wolf searches for tasty rodents, experts track the animal through the orange GPS collar it's wearing around its neck. They need to know where it goes so they can better protect it, and this predator needs lots of protection. The red wolf is the most endangered wolf on Earth, but this isn't the only kind of wolf living in the United States that needs help In the past, both gray wolves and Mexican wolves, a subspecies of gray wolf, almost went extinct in the country. But conservationists, scientists, and lawmakers worked together to protect the animals, and today, these wolves are returning to their homeland. Humans and wolves can coexist, says Giselle Nerveas Rivera, an animal ecologist at the International Wolf Center. Wolves deserve to be here as much as we do. Big Bad Wolf? In the 15th century, Native Americans shared the land with as many as 500,000 wolves, and the creatures were an important part of their culture. For instance, the Shoshone people of what's now the western United States say that a wolf god created Earth. But people coming to the Americas from Europe 500 years ago did not want wolves around. They cut down forests where the animals lived to raise cows, pigs, and sheep for food. They thought wolves were dangerous to both humans and livestock and used guns, traps, poison, and later, dynamite to kill the animals. It's what most people wanted at that time, says John Oakleaf, a biologist with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They wanted all wolves gone. By the mid-1900s, only a few hundred gray wolves remained in the contiguous, that means connected, United States, Mexican and red wolves had almost totally disappeared from the planet. New attitude. Before the 1960s, not a lot of people thought about how human behavior, like driving cars or using pesticides, affected the environment. But then people's attitudes changed. They realized that we needed to protect the planet's resources and that animals like wolves would disappear if things didn't change. So in the 1970s, Red, gray, and Mexican wolves were listed under the U.S. Endangered Species Act, ESA. Not only was it now illegal to kill or harm them, but the country also had to come up with plans to save its remaining wolves. Here are some of the ways that conservationists are protecting the creatures. Gray wolf comeback. In the 1990s, one population of gray wolves was thriving. Those living in the Canadian Rocky Mountains where they were isolated from hunters. Scientists from Canada and the United States worked together to capture some of these wolves 
and release them into Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. Because the ESA made it illegal to hunt them in the United States, the gray wolf population began to grow. Here's some ways on how to help American wolves. Many people don't know that red wolves exist. Write a school report, draw a poster, or howl to your friends about how cool these creatures are. Hold a bake sale or work a lemonade stand, then donate your proceeds to an organization that protects wolves. Today, you might hear howling from one of Yellowstone National Park's hundred wolves, which are descendants of those wild wolves from Canada. Their numbers add to the offspring from wolves that crossed into the United States from Canada on their own, as well as the wolves that stayed safe from hunters. Now about 5,500 gray wolves are reclaiming territory in seven states. But some people still fear wolves and don't want them around. So conservationists and the government are working with ranchers to pay them back for lost livestock and to come up with ways to keep cattle and pets safe from predators. It's a success story, Rivera says, but we're not done yet. Mexican wolves return. With two squeaky 10-day-old Mexican wolf pups squirming in a backpack, scientists hike a few miles into the Jaila National Forest in New Mexico. They're looking for a Mexican wolf pair that has just given birth to a litter of six pups. The wolves don't know it, but they're about to adopt a few more. By the 1970s, Mexican wolves were extinct in the United States, but the ESA kicked off plans to bring them back. The first step was to trap five wild Mexican wolves from Mexico and breed them with two captive Mexican wolves. In 1998, the first captive-born adult Mexican wolves were released into Arizona and New Mexico. The population slowly grew, but scientists were still worried. There weren't enough unrelated adult wolves to make healthy puppies. If animals have to pair up with their family members, then their pups will have unhealthy genes, which make them sick. Having a lot of animals to pass down a healthy mix of genes is called genetic diversity. Scientists knew they had to increase the number of unrelated healthy puppies. So in 2016, scientists came up with a new plan, wild wolves adopting captive-born pups. Researchers call this process cross-fostering. That's how these two captive newborn pups wind up snuggled in backpacks as researchers hike to find the wild wolf den. While the adults are out hunting, the sneaky scientists lift the captive pups out of the backpacks and gently place them with their new brothers and sisters. To introduce the wolves, scientists rub the captive-born and wild pups together, even letting them pee on each other to mix their smells. After that, the wolf parents don't mind taking care of the new pups, Oakleaf says. The idea is that the captive pups will grow up and breed with wild wolves, passing on their healthy genes. Thanks to this ongoing work, 250 wild Mexican wolves roam Arizona and New Mexico today. Saving Red Wolves Starting in the 1980s, conservationists released over 100 captive-born red wolves in one wild spot, North Carolina's Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge. The peninsula had plenty of prey for the wolves and no livestock. But over the years, 
the wolves' numbers have dropped as people shot them or accidentally hit them with cars. Today, fewer than 20 adults remain in the wild. People worry for their kids and pets, and hunters don't like competing with wolves for deer, says Kim Wheeler, Red Wolf Coalition Executive Director. All wolves face these problems, even though attacks are extremely rare. But the red wolf population is especially vulnerable because it's not big enough to overcome them. To help, scientists fit all of the wild red wolves with bright orange GPS tracking collars that make them more visible to drivers. The collars also remind people that these wolves are highly endangered, which discourages people from shooting them. Sometimes people can mistake the wolves for coyotes, which are legal to kill. Thanks to this work, 2022 was an exciting year for these animals. Six pups were born into the wild red wolf pack, their first litter since 2018. And an updated plan for their recovery will begin next year. In the meantime, conservationists are talking to local people to hear their concerns and help them understand why red wolves should be protected. This is a wolf country, Wheeler says. It's their home too. Animal Awards, United States. Wolf pups leap, pounce, chase, wrestle, and play hide and seek. So if we were giving out awards, wolves would win for most playful pups. Here are three other endangered animals in the United States that deserve their own trophy. Most impressive leap. Blunt-nosed leopard lizards wait for insects to wander by before pouncing and they can leap up to two feet to snatch prey. That's about five times the length of the lizard's body. Best group name. A group of black-footed ferrets is called a business. Their long, slender bodies easily slip into prairie dog burrows, one of their favorite places to take a lunch break during a workday. Smoothest squid snatcher. Hawaiian petrels like squid a lot. In fact, the cephalopod makes up most of the bird's diet. To hunt, petrels head to sea from their nests in high up rock crevices. And our last article is also from the December 2023 January 2024 edition, Amazing Animals, written by Stephanie Rudig. Beaver Cleans Room, Clemsford, Massachusetts. Busy as a beaver? Just wait till you meet Nebi. Found near a road when she was a few days old, this American beaver is growing up at a new house wildlife rescue. For her first year, Nebi spent most of her time inside the facility, where she could be safe from predators like hawks and get the care she needed. Rehabbers gave Nebi lots of toys to play with and sticks to practice her dam building skills. Throughout the day, Nebi mixed the sticks and toys together, but when the beaver decided it was time to clean up, she carefully placed each item into its proper pile. It's like she was separating her playthings from her work things, animal rehabilitator Jane Newhouse says. Nebi's behavior is similar to how beavers select stuff in the wild, beaver researcher Jordan Kennedy says. For example, They'll cover tasty willow branches with building materials like alder tree branches. And when constructing dams, beavers select woody materials over leaves and reeds 
which they'll use to build only if needed. Basically, when building dams and storing food, beavers will select what they like from what they don't, Kennedy says. Super smart Nebi is now living in an outdoor enclosure while she prepares to go back to the wild in the spring. We wonder what she'll organize next. That brings us to the end of today's articles. If you'd like to find out more about Airsalay and the types of programs we offer, follow us at any of the social media links at the top of the pages on our website. Please help us out by clicking the like buttons. This podcast is for sole use of the blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ava DeVoe, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.